listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Alive Again on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to tackle the subject of euthanasia. So you need to get your Kleenex and get ready. And we'll give a little sponsor break in just a minute so you'll have time to run and get your Kleenex because this is going to be a touching show, an emotional show, but I think you're going to learn a great deal. We have Alex with us who is and has been a veterinary technician and her specialty is pet loss transition and she stands in the room as the animals cross over to the other side and she's going to talk to us about the technical side and Coco my co-host and I are going to be talking about the spiritual side as is Alex also and our purpose for doing this show is to hopefully help you feel better about the process of euthanasia which if I cry I apologize right now because there's probably going to be I'll do the best I can not to but this subject is very dear to my heart dear to my heart and touches my heart to the point that I have trouble handling the words put down or anything like that so you will hear me during this show say transition I like that better because it makes me know that really death is just the beginning of a new life and the only way since we look at this from a perspective of animal reincarnation and animal life after death that when you lose an old earth physical body the death or the transition process which I really choose is the beginning and although it tears your guts out scars your soul and mars your head and heart it truly is the only way that your pet can begin a new life because their lifespan is shorter than ours and therefore to journey with us over the longer human lifespan an animal has to change up its body on multiple occasions to be able to share it with you so we're going to take a sponsor break meet alex have coco step in and we'll be ready to hopefully help you through the process of transition be right back sit stay We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, here we are on the other side of the Kleenex box, and I'm going to start the transition process with the spiritual side that I'd like you to think about. Every animal knows that they are going to cross. And you go, you mean my animal knew he was going to cross before I did? And the answer is yes. We have a lot of stories on our Pet Reincarnation blog spot if you want to go over there. And one of the stories is about does your pet know when it's going to die. We also did a radio show on that, so you might want to check back in our archives and see. And I think that it will help you understand that your pet does know. And when it does know that it's going to pass, it creates memory moments. And we have a whole show just on memory moments. But for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to listen to that show, a memory moment. Coco, would you like to describe to our listeners what a memory moment is? Memory moment to me is a moment in time prior to their passing that you share with them, which is imprinted in your heart and your mind and your memory. It's a moment that is special, something that is different about their behavior that makes you stop and think, oh, 
See, that's unusual. He normally doesn't do that or she normally doesn't do that. It's a, a way of them making a mark for you to remember that day and it's also a day that they keep in their memory. It's very special and when you retrospectively go back and look or think about just before they passed, you'll find many moments that were very unusual and they were all leading to this is, you know, then they pass over, they transition and you realise that those moments were your pet telling you that they were going. And the most important thing is that a memory moment is an unusual. They sometimes will not look at you. They'll go to the other room. They'll distance themselves from you or they'll look in your eyes and stare at you for two or three days just straight. And you wonder, why are they staring at me? And yeah. someone said that when we did our memory moment show, we had someone say, well, did my pet that was died at the groomers know before I took her that morning? And the answer was yes. And then in retrospect, as Coco said, the owner looking back on it realized that her dog was creating memory moments prior to the time that she dropped her off at the vets and then the dog succumbed at the groomers due to an accident. But usually memory moments are something in your heart that when you think about, you smile. Now, after a memory moment, the other thing that we want to share with you from the spiritual side is pre-transition 24 to 48 hours before a pet crosses to the other side their energy withdraws into their body to their heart center in preparation to leave and go to the other side now for those of you who can see energy or who are in our animal reincarnation classes and are learning to see energy what it looks like is you will look at the animal's auric field or it's called their aura, or their energy that surrounds their body, normally called the aura, and that aura will lessen. It normally is a good three to four inch healthy glow around a body, but as an animal is getting ready to pass, that glow comes more and more into the body and becomes less and less of an outline or halo around that body. And as they draw in the energy, if you also look at it, their energy will be totally in their body by the time they're getting ready to transition. And if they have taken their energy totally inside their body, you will then see their body will start turning black so that when you look at their energy to see their life force energy, you will see black and it will look like a sponge. It will be black with holes and holes and more holes. And it then changes from a holy black sponge, literally, into a solid black when the animal's energy has totally left that physical body. And you're going, well, why does it turn to that black when it leaves its body? That's because anything that has no electromagnetic activity or living energy becomes black because black is a void or devoid of living energy. Even scar tissue is black because it's devoid of living energy. So when an animal has vacated its physical body, you can look at the body and the energy that you will see will not be their aura, their living life force energy aura anymore. You will instead see a black matte energy field of the animal's body. And if you are watching after it has transitioned, you will see that black be encased in a purple swirling counterclockwise movement of purple energy because purple is the death energy and it swirls back and goes into purple and all of there is. And purple is a very permeating energy. Yesterday, I did a medical intuitive reading for a human being, and they were over in the UK. And when I first started to look into her body to help her diagnose her health issues, the first thing I saw was this big purple mass come up. And I said to myself, what in the world is that? And then I realized, whoa, that's death energy. And then right behind the death energy was a red energy, and that energy meant to me that this purple being, whatever it was, had then passed away and died from bleeding out inside. And you're going, well, what does that have to do with her medical reading? Well, what it had to do with her medical reading is, and I want y'all to listen to this very carefully because this is really, really important. I said to the energy, who are you and why are you here? And the minute I saw the death energy, I said to the client, ma'am, this is very unusual, but we have a purple mass in front of you that has permeating your energy and will not leave your energy so that I can look at you medically. 
And it's something that is past that is very important to you in your life because it's interwoven with your life force energy. And I said, I'm getting ready to ask what it is, but this energy died of a blood issue or a bleed out energy. And so when I asked the energy, I said, who are you? The energy said, I'm her cat. And then all of a sudden up on my screen came this beautiful little dark cat. There was a little girl. And I said to her, ma'am, did your cat pass recently? And she said, yes, that's Kitty. Well, I said, how did Kitty die? She said she threw a blood clot and bled out inside. Now, what does this have to do with anything? What it has to do with our show today is for each of you to hear me very carefully. Even in death, your pet's energy in death form energy is still attached to your human living energy. So although it wrecks your heart and tears your soul out, your pet is still attached to you and connected to you. And I just thought that that was really wonderful because it showed me yesterday to give me an actual living example prior to doing this show, because we believe there are no coincidences, that even in passing, your pet is intermingled with your life force living energy on Earth. So with that, we're going to now ask Alex to come on. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to be here. Thank you, Brent. And take us through the stages, if you will, as a, you know, having been a vet tech of how from the veterinary side, an animal is prepared to transition. And then Coco and I will sprinkle it with spirituality. So we will explain to the listeners what spiritually is going on while you explain what is factually and medically going on. And then we'll all try and find the good, which there always is good because death is the beginning in the euthanasia process. Okay, Alex, all yours. Thank you again, Brent and Coco. I appreciate the honor of being able to speak with everybody today. And as a vet tech from the vet tech side, we are exposed to continue, you know, life and death at the clinic. And being able to be part of that transition process with the owner is an honor. And we do not take anything lightheartedly. And being able to speak with your veterinarian and your veterinary staff prior to the event and plan and ask questions is something that you should do and not have to wait until that moment where you know it's time. Because otherwise, there'll be a lot of fear and doubt and questions. And make an appointment with your vet prior to the event. And you know it is coming at some point soon if you have that opportunity. Speak with the vet and ask how the process goes. What is the aftercare? What do you expect on the day of the appointment? Those are really important questions and things to get off of your mind before the day has to occur. Okay, I want to throw in something here. And when you say before the death has to occur, I want to be sure that we honor Samantha who taught us about what we're going to say here. Let's talk before we even start the medical process about, okay, we're going to talk to the veterinarian, we're going to talk to the vet staff, we're going to learn what they're going to do in a planned transition. But Tell us the story about what happens if you walk in and you go, this doesn't feel right. Let's talk about what someone can do because a lot of people are brought up in this world that when you go to a doctor, if the doctor says, lean to the left, lean to the right, sit up and go blow your nose, then the person is going to lean to the left, lean to the right and go blow their nose. When factually, they can say, I don't want to lean to the left. But our society is so pre-planned to, if the doctor says it, that's what we have to do. And I'd like to honor Samantha and have you share the story about what she taught you that is really important for those who are listening to know. Before, trust your heart. And just like Brent mentioned, just as with a human doctor, it should be part of your team, of your healthcare team. And your veterinarian should be part of your team as far as caring for your companion and your partner that you share life with. And being able to work together in the transition process is very important. And trusting your heart, your gut, is the most important thing that you can do. And with Samantha, even with all my experience that I've had and the other companions that I've had that have transitioned over, Samantha was one of our most recent transitions, and I did not speak up. And Samantha was actually grandma's dog, and it was a very difficult day. It was. It came without any discussion. We got the call saying that she needed to be transitioned, euthanized, and in my heart, it was screaming saying, this is not right. It's not the right moment. 
we went together as a family there, and Samantha knew that I felt that she was not ready to go. Like I said, even with everything that I've known and experienced, I did not speak up loud enough, and that's why I'm here today, to let everybody know that please, if it does not feel right in your heart, if you're not ready, if you do not feel that it is time, speak up. And and tell people what you mean when you say speak up. I mean, you literally are saying, tell the vet, okay, you have given them the relaxing sedative, but I've changed my mind. We're not going through with this. And be very, very, very specific. And if the vet comes in and says, oh, but we've planned this, then you need to get in the vet's face and say, I've changed my mind. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, thank you. And even with the sedative, it's okay if they have to wake up from the sedative. That's okay. Don't just go through with it because they're already sedated. And if the vet is saying, we're here, we've planned this, it's okay to say, no, this does not feel right. Or even if you want to discuss and get a second opinion or go home and... Rethink it. um, Rethink it. Yes, exactly. This is you and your companion. You know your companion better than anybody else. You know their communication, you know their body language, and you know in your heart when it's time. That's why the veterinarian is your partner in this. Well, now, the one thing I did, I have to tell you, the little girl that I had to help cross over, I planned crossing her over five different times, and it would be a couple of hours before it, and I would call the vet and say, nope, not today. And I think that Alex is pointing out a very poignant point in saying, listen to your heart because your heart knows. Now, Coco, are you over there and can you tell about what happened to Jojo? Yeah, I was in a very different situation. I mean, I have regrets about it because I didn't, I wasn't expecting the the call. He was on the operating table and the vet called me at home to tell me that when she'd opened him up, it wasn't a cyst, it was a massive cancerous tumour. And did I want him to be revived so that I could go and say goodbye or put him to sleep while he was on the table? And me, I chose the latter because I was fearful of um, him recovering in pain after being opened up and um, operated on. And I was also scared for myself. I couldn't handle being with him when he passed away. So I didn't have an option. Um, I did have an option. I chose the easy way out, which was um, sadly in my heart. I don't know that it was the right way for him to go. I know it was his time, but I certainly didn't do it the right way. Do you feel uncomfortable with that? Or do you feel like that because everything's pre-planned, that was just a free will choice? I'm going to cry, so I, I won't answer. Okay, so here's the point of everything we've said. If your heart doesn't ring right to honor Samantha and every other dog out there who's saying, I'm trying to tell you in my heart, then stop what's going on so you can have that last opportunity to say goodbye. Now, Alex, if you'll tell us about how inside yourself, we talked about this last night, how you can feel that moment of it just makes the difference. And I, you know, when I was working at the vet tech and the offices, a lot of owners, they knew the transition was going to happen at some point. The animal was sick or they always ask us, when do we know it's the right moment? Is it when they stop eating? Is it when they can no longer walk? When will I know it's the right moment? And I even told this to my mom who had two cats transition this past year. There will be a moment in your heart where you'll look at them and they'll look at you. And it's like, it's almost like a switch. You know, you get that, it's just this deep feeling in your heart that it's time. You'll still have the fears and the doubts and not wanting to. It's not like, it's not like it turns into, yes, I, I need to do this. But there's this little switch in your heart, whether it's your, your companion communicating this to you or wherever this feeling comes from. But there will be a singular moment where you know it's time. And, and is that just that. something you, you feel? I mean, it's something you can't erase. In other words, like you, you don't say, it's time, maybe it's not. It's time, maybe it's not. It's time, maybe it's not. When that switch goes off, is it so strong that even the saddest person could recognize it? I believe so, yes. It is definitely, you do not flip back and forth. Like okay. I said, you'll still have some fear and doubt, obviously, because you don't want to lose your companion. But you will have, it's a little voice that comes from deep in your heart that you know it's time. It's time to say goodbye for the now. Okay. And my mom experienced this. I, you know, she 
she lives far away, and we would talk every night. And she would ask me, "Is it time? Is it time? She, you know, she's doing this, she's doing that, she's not doing this." And I said, "Just wait for that moment." And she had it twice with her two cats this past year. And when I tell this, you know, as a vet tech, when I tell this to the owners, when they come in for that appointment, it was because they had that moment. They knew that it was time. Mm-hmm. And when you have the ability to listen to that and you feel that, it's a beautiful thing. And that really will is. keep you from having that feeling of, I didn't do what was right. Even though it's painful, it removes that horror of, did I make the right decision? Exactly. And I did and not also, have that with Samantha. Right. That's what that's I'm saying. And I was going to say, like Samantha, when you felt it wasn't right, you feel that you should have stood up for your heart switch and said, no, we're stopping this because I don't feel right about it. And I know everybody, it takes courage, but I know, Alec, that you're, here's the word I want to say, that you're sensitive enough. Can you explain to someone why it's more important to step up and have that courage than to let your regret be inside of you? There isn't a day that goes by that I don't regret not speaking up for Samantha. And it, it kills you. It, I can't even describe the hurt. Even though I knew, you know, she had cancer, that the time would have been soon. However, I, that moment, that feeling in my heart was not there. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't regret and that I don't remember that moment where I, I was in that room and I was the one looking at everybody saying, this does not feel right. This does not feel right. And Samantha dug herself into my chest. And that right there is the hardest moment that I had. Because she felt, whether she was trying to communicate with me, saying that I know, that you know, that this is not right, that I'm not ready to go. What caused me not to stand up? I don't know. I don't know. But I just kept looking at everybody, and it was a very surreal moment. And I just kept saying, this is not right. And being able to just say, this does not feel right, and saying, let's not do this. Let's go rethink this. I think that matters. And for those of you who don't understand that, you do have the right to stay to your vet right up until the very last moment. Don't do this. I had a cat that was 23 years old and she had renal failure. And when I walked in, they said, well, her numbers are off the chart. Let's just put her to sleep because she's had old and she's had a good life. And I went, no. And they looked at me. Now, these were very compassionate people, but they looked at me like I was crazy as heck. Here's this 23-year-old cat that's three-quarters dead, used up eight and a half of her nine lives, and 23 years old, and they're saying, let's go ahead and euthanize her. And I said, no, we're going to let her live. And so I literally had to say, excuse me, my money is as green as anybody else's. And this vet clinic is made to make money, although you do a lovely service to help heal. But if you need to make money anyway, I want you to keep my cat on an IV for another day. So they did, and they said, okay, well, we need to euthanize her now because she's never going to make it. And I had talked to Ugly, and Ugly says, well, yeah, I just have a bladder infection. And so I said to them, excuse me, has anybody checked for a bladder infection? And they went, well, no. Her numbers are off the chart. She has chronic renal failure. She's going any moment now. And I went, look, I'm still paying you. Do me a favor. Check her and see if she has a bladder infection. They're going, okay, if you want to spend the money to do that. Everything inside of me said, spend the money to do that. They checked it. She had such a horrific bladder infection that it had stopped up. The ureter was going to her kidney. And I'm going to tell you, the day I buried her, which was about two months ago, everything inside of me was thrilled that I had had another year and a half with Ugly, the most beautiful of them all, because I had stood up and they were kind, but they were going, she's too old. And they were making me feel sort of dumb because I'm going, I'm going to fight the inevitable. And they were so going, don't you understand this is the inevitable? Well, a year and a half later, Ugly chose of her own volition to cross over while she was sleeping. And it was her choice, her way. So do not feel bad or do not be intimidated to stand up and say, no, my heart has not flicked the switch. And if you need words to say, just simply say, I'm paying for this. This is the way I want it done. Or this is what I want stopped. And if your heart has not flipped that switch, you don't want to be like Alex so that every day of your life you remember that. But let's take this point because Alec is a pet loss transition person and she helps people with this. That was a gift from Samantha to her so that now Alex speaks up about this and will probably save lots and lots and lots of pets to honor Samantha For those who didn't have the courage and think it's all right at the very ninth hour to step up and say, no, 
We're not doing this today. Let them wake up. You know, let them come out of the sedation. We're going to wait because my heart switch has not flipped yet. And that was the gift that Samantha endured so that so many others can be saved in that last split second moment by Alex sharing this with the world. And we really, Alex, appreciate you having the courage to at least say it because I don't think I could have said it without just bawling my eyes out. And I want to express that in Samantha's honor, if your little heart light switch has not flipped on, stand up, speak out, and take your pet home for another day. And on that, we're going to talk to our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make life with your pets even better. I know that's hard to believe that can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, so now we're in the position where you have made the decision that your heart clicked or not. Now today, I spoke with a woman who just was beside herself with sobs and crying and just could hardly breathe because of her crying. And she said, but I had to put him to sleep. I had to put him to sleep. I had to put him to sleep. I put him to sleep. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feeling when I had to assist my little dog over the first thing after she passed, after she had the injection, I grabbed her up and say, I killed my dog. I killed my dog. I grabbed her up in my arms and I ran out and I didn't talk to anybody for about three weeks. I couldn't. I just absolutely couldn't because I felt I had killed my dog and she had lung cancer. And every time she'd breathe, she'd go, (gasps) and I couldn't handle that. I wasn't going to let her be in pain. And of every dog I've had, she's the only dog I have helped cross over through a vet because most of my animals, and there's a whole section in our book on animal reincarnation that will help you talk to your animal or help it transition more easily. But I ran out of there going, I've killed my pet because I had to put it to sleep. And I think a lot of people feel like that. And I think in making decisions about actually choosing to put them to sleep. And Coco had a really good question. So if you'll couch that question again, Coco, we'd like to share it with the world because there's millions of people out there that are going to be asking the same question. And let's try to address it today. My question is based on the fact that I didn't have the courage to be with Joey when he passed over. I was too emotional at the time. But in his passing and my consequent, my, you know, my subsequent learning that I've done with Brent and this group is it made me now question I had cats in the past and I put a cat down. I had him put down because the vet told me there and then on the spot, oh no, he's, he's dying, he's got kidney cancer. I didn't question the vet at all. I did not once turn around and say, no, I think he's, he's fine. But I, I let her determine what, what I would do and I let her put him down and I put another cat down. And I question now how to cope with the knowledge that I have now that I didn't have what Alex was saying. I didn't question anybody. I just 
took the word of the vet as gospel and followed it through because I'm somebody who always does what I'm told. So I just did what I was told. I've never had the courage to stand up and say, no, he's not ready or she's not ready. And I wonder how people now who've had the soul connection with their pets think about past pets and how they cope with the grief or the guilt, I suppose, that is of previous pets. Alex, that's yours. You know, with every every companion, I've helped six in my life so far transition over. Each one is different, no matter how you plan it or what the situation is. Each one is different. They feel different. Now I have more guilt, not only about Joey, but about the other pets that I've had that I've let them, I've let the vet determine the time to put them down. And I know that one particular cat, my cat that I've had for 18 years, I don't believe he was ready. And at the time in the vet's office when she said to me, he needs to be put down, in my heart, I thought, no, no, he's not ready to go. But I didn't say anything. I, I didn't have the spiritual or the emotional strength to argue with the vet because I believed the vet knew better. Now I have the guilt of that cat. And I, I do, I feel guilty every day. I mean, I still feel guilty about Joey, but I wonder how people can cope with, with women in our group who have multiple pets who are being put down and they're just listening to the vet saying, yeah, well, the vet said to put it down, so I did. How do they cope with the knowledge? I mean, is this going to help them or is this going to hurt them because they're going to think, oh, I, I could have said something. And it might, like now it's making me think I should have said something. Well, I think the fact that you didn't say something was that was what was supposed to be at that point in time, just like with Alex. By not saying something, Samantha is always going to affect her life, and her gift back to Samantha is to teach people to speak up. And I think, Coco, that your guilt, although you have it, because the guilt is something you cannot remove and just scoop out and put over to the other side. I think that it was supposed to be that way. So now that you have grown and evolved through a higher spiritual understanding, you won't ever do that again. No. And I think that that was the lesson for each of you ladies in your respective times. And I think that it was supposed to be way because as we talked, uh, Coco, and we did a whole nother show on this, is what did you learn from your pet's death and what did your pet's death teach you that you really was surprised that it taught you? I think yours was to speak up and Alex's yours was to speak up. And I think that that was the reason that pet died that way because every death is pre-planned exactly the way it's supposed to be, whether they get run over by a car, you know, got hit on the street, passed away from running into a barbed wire fence as a horse or went through anything positive or negative. It was exactly the way it was supposed to be. And I think it's really important for those of you who are saying, well, I had to put them to sleep like I did with my dog. It's not about that. It's what you were supposed to do at that point in time. And that point in time, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Now, if you have guilt at all, then you look at the guilt and say, what is my lesson in it? Now, when I looked at my having to help Electra transition with her lung cancer, I felt guilty because I felt like she was alive and then she wasn't. And in looking at it, though, I felt like Alex said, that little switch in my heart was I wasn't going to let her be in pain every breath she took. And that neutralized the guilt that I had. And so it was okay. So the way to neutralize your guilt is to look at the learning circumstance like Alex did with Samantha. And if you look at the cats, it was the right thing to do at that time because now you're not going to ever let a vet tell you what to do about your pet. Not if I disagree, no. No, that's right. You are going to ask the animal. You're going to communicate with the animal and ask it. And you are also going to stand up for what your heart click is, whether it's yes, no, or I'm not ready. And that heart click that Alex talks about is the most important thing. So after we've passed the heart click, we then move to the point of give your pet permission to go. It's really important because, Alex, you want to talk about animals hanging on, and then we'll talk about how you do the injection and what... Yeah, and actually, just to backtrack a little bit on what we were talking about, what you were just mentioning about standing up and 
saying this does not feel right, this is not the right moment. This is, again, where, and I don't want this to make it seem like veterinarians just want to, you know, euthanize your animals all the time. This is where it's important to have that partnership with your veterinarian. Ask the questions, discuss what are the options, you know. Some may just jump to saying, oh, you know, there's no possible treatment. You should go ahead and euthanize your animal. But when it doesn't feel right to me, that's when you should ask questions and say, well, what if we, you know, what if we And get a second opinion. Or get a second opinion. Yeah. But you know your animal better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I said, it's not like they should listen to you. And if they're not going to listen to you, just like with a regular human medical doctor, go change get that vets. second opinion. Yeah, or and go change vets. It should feel right. Yeah, that's hard. You know, it, it, it'll always be. It'll always be painful. It'll always be hurtful. You'll always have that sense of loss. That's not. That's never going to go away because that's where love is. That's where love comes from. That's why you feel that. But when you're able to know that that's the right moment, it feels different. You still have the loss and the grieving, but it feels different. There's still a sense of. It was the right moment that the right you and your animal had that agreement internally that it was the right moment. And as far as, you know, animals will hold on, and this is going into giving them permission to go, they will hold on. They sense, they're very aware of our emotions and our senses. And I had a lab, he was 16 years old. I had him when I was, from when I was a teenager. He was with me through everything. He was my rock. And I had the opportunity to speak with an animal communicator right near his time of transition. And he was ready to go. His body was no longer able to support him. He was ready to go, but he knew how important he was to me. And we can project that sense of fear of not having them around on them. And they will hold on, even though their bodies are in pain or they're ready to go. They will stay around. So that's why it's really important to give them that permission. When you feel that moment, it's okay. And tell them, it's okay to go. We'll see each other again. Coco? Yeah. I was going to say before that the vet who put my cat down was the locum vet because my vet was unavailable. Retrospectively, you can always say, I would have done this or I should have done that, but I can't. And in a sense, it's, it's just accumulated education, isn't it? The knowledge and awareness that when I put all my animals that I've had in my life, their, their lives and their passing, when I put it together as one story, it, it's an incredible education for me and for others. You know, it's a new world has opened up and I can look at it now and say, yes, you're right, Brent, that his time was his time as, as was Joey's as they choose their time to go, whether we realise it or not. And um, with Alex's Samantha, this has also brought her into a whole new world. So it's still a lesson from their passing, regardless of how it happens. And I think on that note, we're going to let you get another box of Kleenex and we'll take a word from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization, here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay. 
one of the things that's really important, Alex, I want you to talk about the importance of expressing your ideas and your thoughts and your guilt about this. I was, during the break, I was speaking with Brent that last night when we were discussing, it was truly the first time that I expressed all my feelings about what occurred with Samantha. I never talked to anybody about it, the guilt that I felt, that every day I cried and thought about it and felt the pain and the guilt of not speaking up and allowing it to happen the way it happened. And just saying it out loud and sharing it to somebody that will just listen, not necessarily give advice, has made a world of a difference. I feel so healed today by being able to share it, speaking with Brent and then sharing it with everybody today. It is a healing. It really, truly is to be able to share that and not hold in that guilt because it's okay. It really is okay. And there are millions of people out there who feel like that, and we want everybody, even if you just sit down and tell your pet chicken or your pet gerbil or your ferret, say it out loud because it lifts the burden off your heart. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're not trying to bring up bad memories. We're not trying to point fingers and go, oh, you're feeling guilt. We're asking you to look at this from a spiritual side and to help lift your heart by talking about it to someone. Now, we have a wonderful group on Facebook called Animal Reincarnation. There's about 51,000 members from all over the world. And we have professional grief counselors and we have Alec over there. If you want to talk to her, she is right there to help you. So right now we're going to move into another realm and Alec is going to tell us the, I don't particularly want to hear this, but we're going to talk about the medical side of it. And we want you to know that 24-7, when we're asleep over here in the United States, Coco and her group from the other side of the world are on the website to talk to you and get you through your grief or talk to you about that guilt. Isn't that right, Coco? That's right. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yep. There's enough people we have from all over the world that if you're hurting at three o'clock in the morning, somebody's online in our group to talk to you. And I just think that's a pretty wonderful thing to do because, as Alex said, that's talking about it, although horrible to do and hard to do. And if you talk to people who understand or just listen, then that makes it pretty okay. So now we've made the decision that our heart light has switched and we're going to let Alec tell you just a little bit about the medical process that actually occurs. And then we will go to what do we do with the new beginning. Go ahead, Alec. Thanks. To reiterate what I spoke about earlier, if you have the opportunity to go speak with your vet beforehand, before the appointment, the day of the transition, and ask the questions and, say, and make the arrangements, what's going to happen with the aftercare, it will make the process a whole lot smoother for you and less stressful for you that day to where you can solely focus on helping your companion transition over and not have to worry about all these questions in your mind. So if you have the opportunity to speak with your vet, ask them what their process is. Each clinic is slightly different. Most of them do follow the same protocols, very standard, but some are slightly different. Some, you know, will allow you to make the appointment first thing in the morning when there's nobody else there or at the end of the day. That way you can take your time in the room and speak with the vet and spend time with your companion those last moments. So if you're able to have those opportunities plan as much as possible, it makes the process a lot better internally and for everybody, including your companion. And as far as the actual process, again, if you can make the appointment at a time where there's not going to be a lot of distractions, they are a vet clinic, so there are other animals there that are they're taking care of. They're seeing appointments. So ask for a specific time that would be best where you are allowed to have that extra time and quiet with the vet and your companion. Typically, today, pretty much every clinic does this two-step process of the euthanasia. One is doing first an initial sedation using their various types of sedation, different sedatives that they can use. Most of them use something similar to a Valium or something like that. And this what does is relaxes the animal and sedates them, even to the point of like an anesthetic. And this just helps not only your animal stay calm, but also you as well, you know. It takes the it, fear it takes, out of it. Takes, yes, thank you. That's what I was looking for. It takes the fear out of it. There are some instances where, you know, if it's an emergency situation, they may not have time to do that. However, again, we're discussing if you know the moment is coming and you're able to make these plans, the sedative definitely helps 
the whole process and takes the fear out of it. Once they do the sedation, they will do an IV injection of the euthanasia solution, which is a barbiturate, an overdose, and they do this through um, an IV injection. And typically, it takes anywhere from 15 to 60 seconds for um, the full transition. You know, with them already being sedated, they are the cardiac arrest is the very last step, so they are already passing in transition once the first initial or the second injection of the euthanasia solution is given. I'm trying to think of something to say, but I just sort of like, whoa. Okay, uh, all right. Very very technical description. Um, Hey, you did a good job. It keeps me trying to be sane over here and try to come up with it. Okay, so now we have the pet who has transitioned. So you're looking at the black energy and the purple swirling counterclockwise energy because the pet has left its body. And when you see something like R.I.P., to those of us who see Rest in Peace, we see it as reincarnation is possible. And what you have to understand is the body that we've just seen get that injection is really only a vehicle for the spirit. And now you have to decide. Now, all of this can be done in a home setting, too. As you know, there are a lot of people who will come to your home and take care of this. But now that we have the body there, there are multiple ways to handle that. Now, I grabbed my baby girl up and ran out of the house screaming and put her in the car, still holding her, driving all the way home, sobbing and clutching her, and literally kept her, you know, clutching and holding her for a long, 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 long time before I could ever, I personally, dig and bury each of my animals because I don't want anybody else messing with them at that time in their being. I don't want anybody but me and them to be there. So, Alex, if you will give other ways that people can handle, now that we have a body and a living spirit. And for those of you who don't understand what I mean when I say a living spirit, once the animal leaves that body, it is like a butterfly leaving a cocoon. If you can see energy like I do, it leaves the body and it crosses the death line, which is a black non-electromagnetic area, which is devoid of life force energy. And the pet's energy, again, that's why it turns black. It turns into a crossing the death line. And as it crosses the death line, it comes out on the other side like a beautiful sparkler. It is the most gorgeous little sparkler you've ever seen. And somebody says, well, how long does it take for him to be dead to talk to me or to be able to communicate with me? The split second it crosses the death line, your pet is alive and well on the other side. If you could see energy, it is alive and well immediately after it leaves that body. And you're going to say, well, could it sit around in that body for a long time? No. The minute the heart stops, the energy's gone. And in less than a split second, it is a beautiful sparkler. Your pet is in sparkler form or steam form or spirit form on the other side. Now, Alex, if you'll share with us the ways that they can handle the death. I had to take Electra home and bury her myself because to me that's very sacred and private. But how are other ways that people can handle this when they're given an opportunity to pre-plan it? I just want to really quickly, if you don't mind, expand on even if you can't see the energies, even if, you can, if you're not a person that is able to see the energies, once that moment, that line is crossed, you can feel, you know, you can feel it. Yeah. Not You don't have to see it, but you just know and you feel it. And it's Almost like taking a deep breath and releasing. Yep. I don't know if the word release is the right word or not, but you just know. And you feel it and you know now the body isn't just an empty vessel. And that's because you feel the essence has has left. And so it's like when you take a deep breath and you exhale, you feel the vacantness. And that's what you're feeling is the vacantness of the presence of the body. Because when a body is alive, it has a presence. Just like when you take a breath, it has presence. But when you exhale, there's no presence anymore. And that's what she's speaking about when she says you can feel it. It's palpable. And she's right. Go ahead. As far as options, and again, you can, when discussing with your vet beforehand, you can ask what options. And again, if you do euthanasia at home, do you want to bury the body at home? Are you able to bury the body at home? Now, again, you want to make sure, speaking from a property point of view, whether there's any type of ordinances, you know, about being able to bury your pet at home, depending on where you live. There's also, most vets will partner with a local pet cemetery crematorium that will offer different options. One is they do have a cemetery there that you can have the body buried there, just like with our family members. We bury them in a cemetery. 
you know, they, they have a head a tombstone and just like with our family members, the exact same thing. That's one option. The other is a cremation. They take the body and cremate the body. And the two options with that is having the ashes returned to you or not returned to you. If they're not returned to you, typically the pet cemeteries, crematoriums will spread the ashes around the property. If they're returned to you, you can have them, you can buy urns, just like with our family members, um, our human family members. You can choose urns, you can choose lockets to have some of the ashes placed and wear as a locket around your neck. They can even now... It's called Life Gym Corporation. Yes, <laughs> that's, you know exactly where I was going. They can take the body and the ashes and turn them into a gem. Yep, it's and, called Life Gym, and we did an article on Life Gym in our pet reincarnation blog. So if you want to find out their information or get your horse, cat, ferret, bunny made into a diamond to wear in a bracelet or in a ring, Life Gym is the company that does that. I think that is one of the most beautiful things to be able to do, to turn now, that see, body, that vessel, into such a beautiful gem. And carry see, I couldn't handle it. Could you handle that, Coco? No, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't because, I mean, I know a girl who had a fabulous Olympic show jumper and she had him made into a two and a half carat diamond that she wears all the time. And she's on the Olympic team now. And she feels that while she's riding this horse and jumping, that the spirit of her other horse is guiding her during her jumping rounds. God bless her, but I couldn't handle that. I couldn't. So now they even taking ashes and mixing them in paint and doing paintings of your pet with the ashes in the paint. And then there's freeze drying for those of you who are familiar with that process where they will take your pet and as the Animal Planet made a show called Animal Stuffers and they freeze dry your pet. So there are a lot of options and I think you have to go with what lets your heart celebrate instead of what makes your heart focus on the fact that your pet is dead. The body only is dead. Exactly. And whether you bury them or you have the ashes returned, do something to honor them. If you're going to spread the ashes, spread it in one of their favorite locations. If you always went to a specific park and walked them there and that was their favorite spot or plant a tree, honor them in a way to not only to have that closure within yourself. I agree with you. I think your personal closure is the most important thing. And then the way you have to realize, and again, this takes a lot of work, and I'm sure Coco can definitely help with this, is it takes a lot of work to realize that your pet is living energy and the body was just a shell that it inhabited. In our book, Animal Reincarnation, we have techniques to touch your deceased pet on the other side to see your deceased pet on the other side and ways for you to communicate with your pet. I mean, there's actually, I think, 20 pages in there that will give you a step-by-step, one, two, three, four description on how to talk to your pet, ask your pet questions, feel your pet, and see your pet. And the reason I put that in the Animal Reincarnation book is so that you won't focus on their deadness. You'll focus on their living energy and their aliveness. What's your suggestion, Coco? My suggestion is actually to get the book because that was my first stepping stone to recovery. That book, the minute it arrived, I was actually able to do exactly what you said. I was able to focus on their living energy, their living spirit, and feel happy memories rather than pain. The the exercises and techniques in the book were my lifesaver, and it is the biggest thing you can do is to stop focusing even though it's easy to say stop focusing on the grief and the passing of the dead body focus on that number one the happy memories and focus on the fact that their energy is still alive and that book as I said to you when I got it I read it from cover to cover you know probably 20 times by now even though my boy has returned I still read it because I just, the, the feeling I get from the book and the ability to communicate with my living animals, that book has also helped me. So that's my advice. Get the book, read the book, do the exercises. Alec, do you have any comments on how to help them get over after they've taken care of the body, how to get rid of the pain? I can say you never forget that feeling, that loss. Amen. You can never forget, obviously, but you can honor their life and their their memories. Do something that will make you feel, you know, remember them in those, all those years of happiness that they shared with you in that, when they were in that body and that life. And, you know, as time goes on, the pain does lessen. Sometimes. (laughs) 
Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my childhood dog, I still think of him, and I still cry for him, okay, you know. So yep. it's always there. It's never totally gone. But they do, their life energy, their energy is always around you, and you can always call them and talk to them and connect with them, even though they're, you know, they may not be in a physical body again yet. You can still connect with them and honor them in the life that they did share with you at that moment. How about you, Coco? Any ideas? Other than join our group, because we have about, you know, goodness, how many people over there that will help you focus on what we call good grief, which is growing forward and understanding rather than bad grief, which is focusing on their deadness. I mean, we have people over in the group that for three and four years are still focusing on deadness. Now, I understand that grief takes its own time. And I honor that because it took me seven years to get over Mike's passing before I turned from bad grief to good grief. So we totally honor the grieving period. However, we try to focus individuals on grieving positively, as Alex pointed out, by planting trees or thinking of the good memories instead of focusing on the deadness. It's just a different way to tolerate the grief and handle it no matter what time frame you choose. Coco, you were going to say? Yeah, one of our members this week had put up a post and her post to me says it all. Her post reads, grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness, nor a lack of faith is the price of love. I think that's immaculate. I agree. You want to read that one more time for our listeners so they can hear it one more time? Okay. The passage is, grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness, nor a lack of faith. It is the price of love. I think that's beautiful, and I think that the perfect grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. It's not a place to stay. That is the key phrase. That's, I agree with you totally. Alex, you have anything to add to that? I don't know if I can top that one. <laughs> oh, I think that, that one's pretty good. That was, that was perfect. And I, I think that well. that's where we're going to end our show with that because I think that is absolutely wonderful. Our next show is going to be about the Rainbow Bridge, which is where they go. But here's the most important thing for you to remember. In our world, I love the way Coco puts it. You want to say what Rainbow Bridge is? It's a stopover. It's a holiday retreat. It's a temporary place to rest their weary bodies and, and get healthy again. It was funny getting a, a member question and it, it was actually a good question but I'd never thought that people wouldn't know what it was. One of our new members asked, what is Rainbow Bridge? Is it a movie? Is it a book? Is it a story? Where can I find out? Where can I watch it? And it dawned on me that doesn't mean, just because we understand the concept of Rainbow Bridge, it doesn't mean that everybody does and that, that was a great question. And that's what we're going to do our next show on is what is Rainbow Bridge. But the most important thing to summarize this show today is death is just the beginning. That's the only way that the pet that is R.I.P., resting in peace, can R.I.P., reincarnation is possible because if they don't die and leave the old shell of a cocoon like the butterfly does, they can't fly in another life to come back to you. So although you're grieving, hold in your heart that death is just the beginning of them coming back to you. And if you have more questions about it, come on over to our group On Facebook, we have, like I said, people from all over the world that are there to answer your questions. We want to thank Alex today. Just 1,000 big hugs for her courage to talk (laughs) about Samantha's experience and to share with us what I was no way could come out of my mouth about the actual medical process of euthanasia. And I think that because she handled it so well is why I didn't cry. And I thank you very much, Alex, for your expertise and your softness because, you know, I have a whole box of Kleenex sitting here ready to try and make it through the show today. But remember, the body is only a vehicle for the spirit. The minute the body crosses, just like with a butterfly, death is the beginning. 
and we look forward to seeing you next week with Rainbow Bridge and we're going to tell you where they vacation till they come on back to you. Thanks for listening and if you have any questions, Brent at PetLifeRadio.com or come on over to our group which can be found where our podcasts are and we'll look forward to helping your heart heal and helping you expand your awareness that death is just the beginning and RIP is reincarnational and is possible because two of us today have comeback kids. See you then. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.